Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Juvo Hub podcast, your helping hand in property management. My name is Jonathan Saar, and we're looking forward to talking to a good friend of mine, Janet Bailden from Radco Residential in uh, just a moment. Uh, we're glad to have her back on the show. Just a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, please, if you're following us on, if you're not following us on social, check us out on Instagram at JuvoHub. And this episode will also be in video format. You can find our channel on YouTube by searching for JuvoHub, J-U-V-O-H-U-B. Today, we are talking about recruiting for passion and for motivation. So Janet Bailden, Vice President of Talent Development at the Redco Companies, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jonathan. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing your world of expertise to our guests. And they very much value what you do each and every day. And even for those who don't have a similar position, we have many students that listen to the show and others who are looking at their career path. So very good topic in when you're in your seat and you're trying to find the right fit for whatever position. What is it like? What do you have to deal with? Why does passion and motivation come into the mix? So looking very much forward to hearing your experience and what you and the Radco team uh, do on a daily basis. So let's start with that expression, motivation-based interviewing. What is that? And why is it something that, that you would recommend to our audience? Yeah, so I did not make or coin the term motivation-based interviewing, by the way. It comes from a from a book, Carol Quinn. Uh, she she has a great book out there called, called Motivation-Based Interviewing. But the, the premise of it is really uh, just boiled down to the fact of when we're in an interview setting, not just checking the boxes to make sure someone can do the job, but really trying to tap into the person and the true person and whether they want to do the job. So... With motivation-based interviewing, you are really trying to identify, um, there's there's a few things. They identify a high performer. So obviously you're trying to find someone who has the potential of being a high performer. So they talk about the high performers being defined as someone that first and foremost has a good attitude. And the attitude is defined as their locus of control. Does that person have an internal locus of control or an external locus of control? And, and what that really means is in, in a situation, if something goes south, let's say there is a situation and, and it doesn't go as planned, it doesn't go well, does that individual put themselves and take ownership of the part that they played? Or are they the type of person that is always going to blame and point to external factors? Did I play a part in this? Or was it just my manager? I had a, had a terrible manager. That's why that job didn't go well. Or is it, oh, you know, I, I wasn't good at um, organizing my time and wasn't able to meet expectations. So you're one, first and foremost, trying to identify whether someone has that internal locus control. And also, as a result, that person is also going to be uh, a problem solver. They're able to then identify the part that they play and they're able to solve issues or think critically about the situation. You want that in, in individuals because then 
that person's going to be able to overcome obstacles. If someone's always blaming external factors for everything that goes on in the world and goes on in the workplace, then they're never going to be able to think critically to solve at the root cause of the issue. So high performers, you're looking for attitude, meaning locus of control. And then the other piece of that is passion. Um, is this a good career fit for that individual? Do they actually enjoy doing the job? Because you can have a leasing consultant who's a great salesperson day in, day out. They've got good numbers, right? But do they actually enjoy working with people? And mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how many leasing consultants we have out there that actually don't enjoy working with people. And so, yes, on paper, they may be doing a good job, but what's going to happen? They're going to get burned out because everything they're doing day in and day out goes against their grain, right? It's going to, it's like putting an introvert in a highly social environment every single day. Um, I use my husband as an example. I hope he doesn't listen to this, but my husband was in sales for many, many years and he did amazing. But we he was unhappy. He hated his job. I mean, I hate to say it, but he just hated his job. And at the end of the day, my husband's an introvert. And that was one of these moments of realization where we were like, wait a minute, you're really good at sales because you, you're good at relating with people, but you're doing something every day that actually burns burns the candle, right? On the other end of the spectrum, I'm an extrovert. I love people, which means if I'm with people, I get energized, I get fueled, and I love that environment, right? So you want to find people who are passionate about the job and who are truly aligned with the position in the role itself. Totally different approach than just looking at skills. We're, we're accustomed to looking at a resume. We're checking all the boxes. Did you do the job before? Have you done the job before? And, you know, what are your credentials or, you know, what's your experience? Okay, great. But I, you know what? That's easy. I can see that on a piece of paper. I want to know who you are as an individual. Are you the kind of person that when it really, really comes down to it, are you going to be able to understand how you interact and how you, how you interact with the world around you? have enough self-awareness of situations? And then are you in an environment that is really going to fuel you and excite you and motivate you? Because if not, it doesn't matter what kind of training I put in place. It doesn't matter what how many carrots I hang in front of you. You're going to get burned out or you're, you are always going to point blame at other people or you're, you're just not going to be happy at your job. So that's really the premise of motivation-based interviewing is tapping into that person um, at their core not just looking at the skills. Um, and so the approach to that is very, it's structuring different questions because uh, I'm no longer interested in, tell me a, about a time that you did a great job, you know, at work or tell me about a time that, you know, you completed a project. No, I wanna know about a time that you did not complete a project in time and tell me why, or I don't care about the outcome of the project. I wanna know how you got there. Right. I want to know your thought process. I want to know how you overcame the challenges along the way. Maybe at the end of the day, you failed. You know what? Everyone fails. That's that's not my concern in that interview setting. I want to know what did you do to overcome obstacles along the way? And because I want to know, I want to hire the person who's going to rise to the occasion, the person that's going to be persistent. Um, the uh, the book talks about how by the age, gosh, I wish I could remember the, the fact, but it says by the age of eight or something like that, um, 
it says 80% of our locus of control is actually already formed, meaning mm -hmm. someone's ability to overcome challenges and be persistent in when facing obstacles is already ingrained in us as adults, right? We're already wired a certain way. When, when there's a huge obstacle in our way, do we just give up or do we rise to the challenge? And so that's what we're really trying to tap into, the people that rise to the challenge, the people that like to solve problems and the people that love what they do. And it it's, uh, seems simple, but it is a much harder thing to tap into in an interview setting. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I cannot even imagine, you know, because I, you, said, you said quite a few different things and I'm thinking it from our audience perspective. And, you know, I'm, I'm self-employed. I have my own business. I really don't have to deal with in bringing in new employees uh, very much, but I used to, I, I used to be in that setting. And I remember being of that mindset. Okay. Um, do you know Excel? Do you know how to answer a phone? Do you, you know, I had like these things of, okay, here is the job position and we have our top 10 uh, items that are part of the criteria for you to be able to do it. I never thought much outside of that until I started studying what you mentioned, like the differences in personality, like you have the introvert and the extrovert. And there's, I'm trying to remember the name of it, Janet. There's like this, um, this uh, like quiz thing that you can take that kind of gives you your overall score. Myers-Briggs. That's it. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Myers-Briggs. So yeah. um, that's just, I mean, that just takes things to a whole different level. And um, for all those people who didn't do their math in high school, it's like, you know, that's where the critical thinking comes in. I had to put that plug in for math, right. uh, but that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And, and from that like me being that potential employee on this side of the table, it would demonstrate to me how invested Radco is in making sure that this is a good fit. So that's fantastic. That is fantastic. I think, uh, thank you. I think a lot of times too, we try to oversell the role, the job, right? Where we just need, we, let's just be honest, it is a really tough job market. And there's just this war for talent. There's, I mean, there's no question about it. It just is, right? So we finally get someone who's qualified and now we're just like, it's going to be amazing. We're telling them all the great things about the job, but you know, we, we also need to be realistic and we need to be honest and open about what the job entails. Obviously, if someone's coming from the industry, they may know, but maybe they don't because maybe they're going from a class A property to a class B or class C property or, you know, just a different type of asset that just has different challenges. And so it's important to be really forthcoming about the, the obstacles they may face. Of course, letting them know, though, the resources and the support they're going to have on the back end to be successful, right? Um, but I want to know, I want to see people, how they respond when you when you give them the dirty truth, right? And they, so that they're not coming in the door and then looking under the sheets, like, just go ahead and be honest and be open about it. Um, there's going to be the people that are like, oh, I love good challenge, right? And then there's people that are like, uh, can you tell me a little more about that? Because I'm a little unsure. Um, so I, I, I want the people that 
rise to the occasion that are up for the challenge, the ones that are the problem solvers and those who, um, you know, maybe have a little bit of a competitive edge. They said, well, you know what, uh, I'm going to prove to you that we can do it and we're going to meet those goals and watch me. Yeah. And there's something that you mentioned, Janet, that just made me just another point, I think, for our audience. And tell me if this if you agree with this or not. But is one of the objectives to lower that that turnover, so to speak, from like, oh, boy, six months in, this wasn't the right person. And now you're having to go out all over again and find someone else that's going to be able to fill that position. Do you feel like that just shrinks those percentages of, of, um, uh, not, you know, finding the wrong, uh, finding the wrong person and having to go out again. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think with this type of, uh, approach to interviewing, um, it, it just uh, taps into something a little bit different. So, you know, we've all been there before where someone doesn't make it, um, and, or puts in their notice and, we just say, what did we miss? Like, how did we not catch yeah. that in the interview yeah. setting? Right. Where did we go wrong? Because I thought they had everything. Um, but we were just, we asked, we asked all the questions. We were just, we were focusing on the wrong thing. Right. We, we were waiting to hear the answer we wanted to hear. Um, but we didn't pay attention to the ones that maybe weren't that great. Or, you know, did, did the person in the interview, they talk a lot about their previous employer. How do they talk about their previous employer, right? Were they, were they bashing them or talking about the poor manager, right? And here we were thinking, oh, they had terrible managers. I feel sorry for them. They're going to love it here. And then we find out, no, they're just the type of person that always thinks that it's everybody else and every manager right. is a poor manager, right? Um, or maybe they are just not right for the industry or not right for the role. Um, I've had people before that just said, you know, this isn't what I expected. And that's to me is alarming, right? The, the job, that means that there was a disconnect between what was communicated to them and what their expectations were of the job. And people should be coming in the door knowing very well what the job entails and the good, bad, and the ugly, like all, let's just give it to them all and, and not create this um, false sense of, of what the job is. It just, but you know, at the end of the day, um, it is a, a unique industry. It, it, it takes a lot of grit and it takes a, a, a certain type of person, right. To be able mm -hmm. to be, um, comfortable in themselves, to be able to deliver this amazing experience for the residents, but also have a little, some thick skin as well for, for everything that comes with it. And that's a, that's a hard balance to find, um, because people will get burned out if they're not ready for it. Got it. Got it. Very good. You know, so let's just take this a little bit bigger picture for, for a moment. So you've, uh, you've got one position, 50 people have applied for it. And I often thought, you know, you know when I was preparing for this, I was sharing this uh, with you before, when we were getting ready for our, our show today. It, to me, rec recruiting is a lot like, it's a lot, a lot like draft day and NFL or NBA draft. And one of the, my takeaways is I, is I, I love the NFL draft. I love the NBA draft. I think it is so intriguing to, to wonder like, what, what are these coaches, the managers, uh, owners, like what, what is that like? Is they're looking, okay, we have this position we need to fill. We got all these amazing athletes and we need to pick the one 
that's going to fit our organization. And, and then there's, you know, when, when that person is picked and all these analysts are sitting there like, okay, who's, who do you think they're going to pick? <laughs> and then there's a lot of excitement, but I feel like there's some parallels between what draft day is like and what it's like to try and fill that one position. Do you feel like there are parallels or am I way out in left field on what that is like? No, it's spot on. Um, so I wish, you know, I, I, you had mentioned bringing up this topic and ironically our COO Mike Brewer just made an analogy last week to me about how we're going to the Super Bowl and the, we're, we're in the middle of draft, right? So we're, we're that's our goal is is to go to the Super Bowl and we are in the stages of, of drafting. Um, so I think there's a lot of similarities um, it, and it really comes down to uh, understanding your current team, you really have to be honest about, you know, the, the strengths and the areas of opportunity in your team. And so when you're going to the draft, you have to be prepared of how that those individuals are going to fit into that team dynamic and making some tough decisions. But I think the other thing for me is, you know, we may be an amateur team and we might have to make a really large investment in big, getting a, a a big player on the team who is going to take us to the next level, right? So um, there are some investments you have to make sometimes on the front end because you're not always recruiting for the team or the company that you are today. You may be drafting for the, the team or the company you want to be tomorrow and where you want to go. So if you're always recruiting for where you are today, how do you expect to progress? So for us, it's about making those investments and making them in the right places and the places that matter. Um, to be able to get us to the next level. And we've all seen uh, how people rise. They can either rise to the, the highest, right, um, numerator or fall to the lowest denominator, right? So for mm -hmm. us, sometimes there is this energy that gets revitalized when you bring an A player into the team dynamic who raises the bar. And, you know, you can create a little bit of, call it, healthy competition in a team environment, but you'd be surprised. Sometimes people rise to that, right? They feel this sense of energy and challenge and excitement because, oh man, we've got, we've got this big player in here and they're, they're changing things up and I've got to keep up. Um, and it creates a different sense of motivation um, because now we've got a strong leader or maybe now I've got this strong peer and you know, I'm, I'm no longer like tired and feeling stagnant. I'm feeling revitalized and excited. And we've all seen it. You know, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, but we've all seen it. Um, you know, when when you put an A player into a team and what that can do to help people rise to the occasion. Very cool. I know for a fact a lot of our guests are Tom Brady fans too. So you're you're in good company. <laughs> I'm in good company. Yeah, I haven't said anything that anybody else hasn't said already. <laughs> But that that's cool. That is very very cool. I uh, I, I think that just is a great visual overall. When you were thinking of the seriousness of it too, it's like that's we we need to do our best to find that person that's a, a right fit. And from our audience perspective, wow, you have really outlined like what what is all involved and what was the name of the book again? Just in case our audience didn't catch it, what was the name of the book that you had read? Yeah, it's uh, Motivation-Based Interviewing by Carol Quinn. Carol Quinn. And okay. uh, yeah, 
it's going to look dated, but you know, for people who really understand, love uh, the psychology behind people, right? Just understanding um, kind of what drives and and motivates people. It, it actually is, does a phenomenal job of kind of, you know, painting this picture of almost like a mathematical equation of what motivation is, where does it stem from? Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Thanks for highlighting that again. So as we kind of wrap up this topic, I thought it would be important to, to make sure we include. So for, for the most part, we've been talking about external, like it's, uh, we have a position, we're, we're putting out those notices, trying to bring in talent to, to our organization. Let's talk about internal for a moment. And I want to, I want to look at Swift Bunny's report again. We did that in a previous episode with you. So thank you, Swift Bunny, for your um, amazing report. And, and this had to do with internal opportunities. So I wanted to just read a statement from one of the anonymous persons who uh, filled out the survey and then just get your comments on, on what you're seeing and what, what's Radco doing when it comes to internal recruiting. So here's her, here's, here's her comment or their, their comment. I'm not sure uh, which gender, sorry about that. So it says it feels as though favorites are picked for new opportunities that were never made available to all to apply for particularly in the training department and other corporate spots. Some of the marketing jobs and on-site jobs have been announced, but where was the announcement for all the new training spots that people got? How can people know their path forward if they don't know what positions are available? It's not a good look. So interesting, obviously this person, that's that was their career path. Like maybe that's what was of interest to them. But a nice heartfelt comment. I know you guys use Swift Bunny for for internal. Um, you're just seeing how your team is doing. So, what's your thoughts on this statement and on the internal recruiting process? Yeah, it's such a huge piece, and one that I think a lot of times we lose sight of. Um, if I'm being completely um, honest with you, we've been guilty of doing just that before. There's been uh, probably a one or two times where we. Uh, recruited externally, not thinking much of it, right? We have a need, we post a job, we go through the resume as we interview and we hire. And uh, months later found out that one of our really valued team members internally, I was doing some check-ins with them and, and this individual was very open and honest with me about how hurt they were because they weren't considered for the role or at least given the opportunity to apply for it. Hmm. And I I was like, I didn't know that you were interested in that career path, right? Like, uh, how, I'm so sorry, right? Like, it was so unintentional, but it was this aha moment for me of, gosh, we missed that. How did we miss it? Um, so we try to make a point. Uh, we've talked before uh, about our town halls. Um, mm -hmm. In our town halls, sometimes we try to share open positions, uh, but we also uh, try to send out communications internally about reminding people of the open positions in our career site and some of the positions that we're recruiting for internally. Um, so always making sure that we're sharing it internally before we go external. So that's number one, right? Just making sure that we're, we're getting it out there and it's being communicated. But um, last year when we identified that this was an issue because it came through in our Swift Bunny um, surveys was how do we solve for this? So we, we had a 
what we call roadmap initiatives is basically projects that we take in bite-sized chunks. And one of them was career pathing. And uh, yeah, there's, you know, I think everybody always just assumes this linear path, you know, I'm a leasing consultant, maybe a leasing manager, assistant property manager, property manager, regional manager, but not everybody wants to follow that this linear path. Some people have, you know, interests in different areas. Maybe they want to go into marketing. Maybe they love training. You know, maybe this person just has a background in accounting and we had no idea. Right. So for us, it was about how to tap into that. Um, so we do one-on-ones uh, and our one-on-ones are bi-weekly and it's across the entire company. Every team member is having a one-on-one with their manager every two weeks. And uh, one of the agenda items on that one-on-one is um, professional development and learning. And so we try to make be very intentional about creating a space for that conversation to be taking place between the team member and their manager about what their interests are, where they see themselves, where they want to grow. And not not just assuming what that person's interest or career path is and the manager, you know, just not even having that conversation with them. So, you know, it's very rare for someone to really raise their hand and say, I want to be a marketing analyst when I grow up, right? Um, most people are just kind of going through the motions and waiting for that conversation or opportunity to present itself. So you know, um, being intentional about having those conversations. And then what do you do with the information? I'm a manager. My direct report just tells me they want to take this career path. What do I do with that? So we have a program internally called Radco Scholars, and it's really just about um, feeding uh, the, the, the thirst for knowledge and to learn, right? So it's one of the tracks in Radco Scholars is really about understanding um, each individual who is interested in the program to, to tap into what their their personal professional goals are and then providing them with opportunities to learn in those areas of interest and maybe has nothing to do with their current job, right? A lot of times we kind of get stuck into the, the four boxes of e-learning and, you know, let me go through the system and give them, assign them their, their learning track, right. For, for their current role. But what if the, what they want to learn about has nothing to do with their current job. So we, we partner with LinkedIn learning, um, which basically gives us an encyclopedia of knowledge and we give our team members access to LinkedIn learning um, so that if they want to learn something completely unrelated to their job, they can. Um, and then we also, once we understand what their interests are, we try to create a plan for them to be able to grow and, expand their their knowledge and their skill set in the in the direction of their choice um you'd be surprised just by opening up the door to that conversation how you know i'm kind of further removed from you know i don't have the opportunity to talk to every single team member across the company right but you'd be surprised how much of that makes its way to our learning and development department to me and then i'm sitting in a leadership meeting and we have an open position and i'm like I just remembered I was talking to this leasing consultant and they said that they're interested in, you know, yada, yada. And so now it's like, oh, there's this opportunity. We wouldn't have typically gone the route to, to, you know, ask someone internally for that role. We would have just posted it online. So you have to be really intentional about it. So people don't feel overlooked. Um, and there's also something really exciting about people getting, um, opportunities internally um, when you can really demonstrate internal promotions. Now people see a path, right? They see a path forward. 
very few people are going to want to stay at a job where it's a dead end and there's nowhere to go. So um, you have to make an effort for that or else um, people will, they'll leave, right? They'll leave for the next yeah. opportunity and, and it'll happen pretty quickly. Very nice. Thank you, Janet. That's a, a nice explanation for our audience. It's a, as simple as just making sure that it's communicated well. That, that, I, that was one of my main takeaways. It's if you don't, if you don't have that in place, do something to make sure that those opportunities are communicated to your to your organization. So thank you very much. A, a big topic. And I know we've just like probably took a yeah. little snippet of what's involved in identifying needs in the company and the interview process. But for this episode, the, the takeaways for me is just what are we doing to make sure go that extra mile to make sure we've done our due diligence for um, for the person that's looking for work and for the organization that's trying to fill that position as well. When you do all of that, you could be drafting a number one pick, right? <laughs> I think you should end on that note, Jonathan. What was that? <laughs> Another mic, there you go, another mic drop. But thank you. Thank you for your perspective. Like this just, I, I mean, I love the passion that you have. You have the passion for, for what you do. It comes across. So thank you again for being on our show today. How can people stay in touch with you and with Radco? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Radco, RadcoResidential.com or anyone can really email me directly. Um, it's my first initial last name at Radco.us. So Jay Bailden at Radico.us. Feel free to connect with me also on LinkedIn. Um, I should also give a shout out to, because we're talking about recruiting, our talent acquisition manager, Tatiana Dwight. She's amazing as well at her job. She's so great. Um, and feel free to connect with her as well um, for any good, fun tidbits on uh, our approach to recruiting. And I love to learn from other companies as well. Um, you know, I think for me, it's always an evolution um, for our approach. So. Uh, excited uh, to be here, Jonathan, and thank you again for the invitation. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for mentioning Tatiana. She's she's awesome. Love to get we we'll get to work with her at, at really Iram. So yeah, maybe to get to her, need to get her on the show one day soon. So thank you yeah. again. We we'll look forward to having you back on the show. And for our audience, thank you for all that you do to support this podcast. Thank you for your shout outs. Thank you for giving us topics and. We're, we're grateful for the support. If you love this show, please give us a review. Go to your favorite podcast station. We're on all of them. Apple, Spotify. Uh, what's the other one? There, anyway, there's a bunch of them. You can see it on our website. We've got them all. We're on all of them. So check us out and follow us. And thank you again for supporting the show. Until next time, class dismissed. Take care, everyone.